0: Mindfulness Mode, 307.
1: I thought it was going to be, you know, a stripper trying to go legit. I was quite negative about it, to be honest with you. So it kind of it threw me off that this was an actual sport.
0: Welcome. You're listening to Mindfulness Mode, and I'm your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Thanks so much for joining us today here on the show. And uh, I want to mention, I've been receiving quite a bit of feedback from people, from you listeners. Thank you so much. If you're a listener and you've never sent me a message or or feedback i'd love to hear from you i really would you can leave a message at the bottom of each episode on my website at mindfulnessmode.com or you can send me an email at bruce at mindfulnessmode.com here's feedback i received from maria just a few days ago and she left it on my website she said she said bruce this podcast was great By the way, I already bought the book and she's referring to number 296, The Feng Shui of Mindfulness with Paula Brown. So mindfulnessmode.com slash 296. She said, Bruce, I love your podcasts and I listen to them every day. I have a question. Do you have some techniques or suggestions to be mindful in a hard and stressful working meeting? and i said this i i left a reply i said hi maria thanks for your comment i'm glad you enjoyed paula brown's interview and boy i enjoyed that too paula brown is a sensational woman yes i said i do have some suggestions before the meeting make sure you're nourished with nutrient-rich foods and that you're hydrated So, you can listen to Stephen Masley's episode to find out about nutrient-rich foods, but I think we all know that they are not foods that are laden with sugar. Foods like beans or quinoa or lots of vegetables, you know, salads, things like that. And I said, take 10 minutes for some quiet time in the one-hour period before the meeting and you might even want to call it meditation of course during this quiet time focus on the breath take at least three full deep relaxed breaths hope this helps today mindful tribe today i have a guest that i think you're going to be fascinated with i went to an event in toronto i was there to hear some terrific speakers. And I sat down and I was sitting beside this woman and I said, hi, and she said, hi, and we got chatting and, and I said, are you an entrepreneur? And she said, yes, I run a pole fit business pole fit and I'm kind of like oh what's that about and we talked and we talked more and before I knew it I had invited her as a guest on my show and it's about pole dancing and it's about pole dancing for fitness and her business is called pole fit nation and so it was fascinating talking with her and even more so, when I interviewed her for the show, she now has a podcast all her own called Reclaim Your Spark, which you can find at janewilson.com. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the fascinatingly interesting Jane Wilson. Hey, Mindful Tribe. This is going to be a very interesting episode. I think you're going to enjoy it a lot. I have Jane Wilson with me today. Hey, Jane, are you in mindfulness mode?
1: Definitely in mindfulness mode, for sure.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. And as you can already tell, Jane is sparkly. She's upbeat. She's fun. And Jane is a pole dancer and she's a pole dance instructor. And I'm going to share a little bit with you, Mindful Tribe, about Jane. Jane Wilson is the founder of Pole Fit Nation. What a great name. It's a pole dancing for fitness company. When Jane started teaching fitness through pole dancing in 2008, she understood that what her clients were learning wasn't so much about pole dancing. It was more about self-esteem and Embracing who you are and who you want to be. Now, over the past decade, Jane has helped thousands of women feel strong, empowered, and confident. She is actually the Canadian Masters Pole Fitness Champion of 2015, and she's been featured in national publications, including Chatelaine Magazine. Jane believes that through pole dancing, you can reinvent your life. So how cool is that? So Jane, what does mindfulness mean to you? And I'm dying to talk to you about mindfulness as it relates to pole dancing, but let's start right there. What does mindfulness mean to you?
1: Well, I've had to become mindful. So Ah. I was not naturally a mindful person. Um, I was more of a fly by the seat of my pants type of gal going moment to moment. And I've had to learn that being mindful is more supportive and you can be more successful when you are actually present and thinking ahead and being um, aware of your actions. So I've had to learn to become mindful. It did not come naturally.
0: Ah, so that helped you as an entrepreneur, I'm sure. Is that true?
1: Absolutely. Uh, As an entrepreneur, as a mother, as a wife, uh, with my friends, and just generally enjoying my life, I've had to learn that mindful is the way to go. And actually, I didn't even realize that mindfulness was a concept until about 2011. And I've, that's when I had to learn I needed to slow down and become more aware of my actions. Uh, so definitely, mindfulness is something I've been working on for many years now.
0: So Jane, when you think back to your pre-mindfulness days, Absolutely. what stands out to you? Did you have anxiety? Did you, were you sort of rush, 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 hurry all the time? Tell us about your life then.
1: Uh, so um, I'm very anxious, an anxious person. And yes, rush, rush, rush. Uh, they used, So my middle name is actually Louise. Uh, okay. And my family would call me Leadfoot Louise. <laughs> and... <laughs> And that was cause I needed to, like, I didn't never give myself enough time to get someplace. So when, as soon as I get in my car, I'd be pedaled to the metal and let's race to get to where I need to be. So, and, and I would just zone out as I would drive, I would zone out and my foot would get harder and harder on the, on the pedal and more gas would get in the car. So my, I'd be going was race, race, race. Now it's like, slow down, calm down and let's plan this out.
0: And you're much more mindful. I'd like to know how this has affected your clients when you teach pole dancing.
1: Well, so so it's interesting. So when I'm <laughs> when I'm polling, so I we have a, a studio. Um, we have like uh, like about ten poles in the room. So we got about 10, 10 students in the room, and it's interesting because when you're when you are learning pole, when you're working on inverts and climbs and sits these intricate moves, you have to be very present and very aware of what you are doing. If you are not mindful, then an accident happens. You may slip, you may fall. And so I'm very aware of when I'm pulling. It's almost like you're in a meditative state. And so I teach that with my my students to be present and aware, to know where the hand goes, to know how it feels in the hands, to know the grip points. So it's a very um, when you when you see pole from that point, it's it's just like yoga. It's just like rock climbing. It's like any other sport. You're mindful and present and then you're able to get the moves and progress.
0: So do you teach everyone in classes or do you sometimes teach one on one?
1: I do both. I do both. So we have um, I have classes and actually I have about three instructors Am I right about that? Yeah, I have about three. Yes, three instructors. So there's four of us. Uh, so you have a class of, of 10 people. So and the studio goes full force. So there's a lot of classes. We do about four or five classes a day. And then um, I also do private lessons as well. So I get hired in for one on one as well.
0: Well, I know most of your clients are women. How many men right. do you have? What would the percentage be of men?
1: Well, I'm out here in the suburbs. So I'm in Oakville, Ontario. Uh, And I would, so we primarily mostly women, but Mm -hmm. we are a co-ed studio because in the past five years, I would say more men have wanted to take pole as a sport because pole really is like, it's like Cirque du Soleil. It is a sport. So when I first started pole, it was generally mostly, it was all women. And then um, about five years ago, it became, men wanting to actually take pole. So I do have a male instructor and his name is Chris and he actually won nationals two years ago. He he's was, he is the 2015 Canadian men's champion. And then I have one other um, student who is, he's loving it. He's working hard and he, he really enjoys pole. So if I, my, if my studio was out in Toronto, I probably have more male students, but being out in the suburbs, I have one.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, it'll probably change. It'll probably oh, be more yeah. men. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if I were to ask you, Jane, what are the top three benefits of learning to pole, what would you say?
1: So I can, I can really talk about more my experience. Mm-hmm. So when I started pole, I was a stay-at-home mom right. running a home daycare. I was extremely overweight, unhappy, and quite isolated. So when, somebody, when I was you know I was telling my friend about how I was feeling and she suggested I take a pole dancing lesson, I was deeply offended, because mm-hmm. it's like good mamas don't pole, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't do the pole. But I went and I took a class, I kept an open mind. I went and I took a class, and I fell in love with it. It totally totally messed me up a little bit because I thought it was going to be. You know, a stripper trying to go legit. I was quite negative about it, to be honest with you. So it kind of, it threw me off that this was an actual sport. So I started to take more classes. I became obsessed with it. I started to feel biceps that I haven't felt in ever. And then I started to feel my curves again, which I hadn't felt in about six, seven years. So it transformed me. I became more confident because i was able to achieve moves that i've never done before and i became more flexible and i have reclaimed the spark that i felt that i had lost
0: so when you first took this was it in a group class then
1: it was yes yes um and my instructor was a foot doctor during the day and she taught lessons in the evenings (laughs) which which totally threw me off i was like what You're like a regular person like me. (laughs) 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 Whoa, okay.
0: (laughs) So so you felt more confident. You started to feel more toned from the sounds of what you've said. Is that right?
1: I've lost 40 pounds.
0: Now, how could you lose 40 pounds by just taking up this one this one activity of polling, it really can help you lose weight?
1: Absolutely. So it's like any other form of physical activity. When you are consistently working out and consistently working on your muscles, you start to feel the benefits through your body. So I was going, um, I can only go one night a week because my children were little and my husband um, was very busy with his business, but I also had a pole at home. So when my babies would go to bed, I put my pole up, And I would work on my pole moves. So one class a week I would go to, and then I would practice at home. Now, for a lot of people, it's different for them. They could go to more classes. They have more availability. That's just how it was for me. So I consistently worked on my muscles. I consistently worked on my moves. My abdominals got stronger. Pole is a very core and upper body oriented sport. And for women, that's the areas that we struggle with. Is our upper body and core. We got great leg strength, but mm-hmm. we need not feel strong in our arms. So that was the big transition for me. The more you work out, the more you will feel the effects.
0: So if I came to you for the first time and had never done this before, what would be the first activity you would do with me?
1: Um, after a warm up, uh, for sure after a warm-up, uh, I would teach you first how to um, do a pole hold. So pole hold is, um, I'm going to mime holding a pole. So right. you would hold on the pole and instead of jumping, you would contract your upper body, contract your core, lift one foot up and then the other hold and then place your feet down. So it's just learning how to hold your upper body. My first time I did that, I couldn't do it. I couldn't lift my upper body. It took me about two lessons to be able to do that, but now I can hold on forever.
0: <laughs> so are you a competitive person, Jane?
1: Um, I'm not competitive against other people.
0: Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Are you competitive against yourself?
1: I'm, I'm constantly encouraging myself to grow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So not to do better, but to grow. Okay. And i cause I've been, I've been, I'm, I'm in the competition, pole competition world. So I've done Ontario's I've won. I won Ontario's I've won Canada and I competed in North American pole dance championships. But when I go into the competitions, it's, it's to do my very best at that time. So how I am at that time may be different at other points. No, the reason why I point that out is um, my North American pole dance championship competition my father passed away two months prior to Uh I wasn't feeling very good about myself. I wasn't feeling very happy. And now I was in this competition. So I had to focus on this is my best work at this time of my life. If I compare the two competition performances, when I did North American, I came in fourth when I won Canada. Um, if I can do, if I compare them both, they're both different, very different routines. However, In that point, that's how I just, it's what I could do at that time. So that's my best work at that time.
0: Right. I see. Well, let's talk about some of the feedback you've received from other people. And I know some of it's probably been positive, some of it's maybe not been. Can you share that?
1: Well, no, I, when I started pole 10 years ago, it was quite underground. It's more mainstream now, but 10 years ago, it was an underground sport. And I had negative feelings about going into it the first time. Because you have these thoughts, like you think it's, it's stripper size or you're going to a stripper school. And so my first, I already started with a negative feeling. So that's why whenever somebody comes into my studio, I can tell right away if they are feeling negative around it because I can, I can totally sort it. I can see it from a mile away because that's how I was. But, 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 but I've been finding in the past, I would say the past five years, it's changed now. So now it's more mainstream. Lot of positive, um, lot more people are positive about it or understanding about it, seeing that it is a sport. And that's because of all the work that I've done and fellow studio owners and people who've done pole have, have out there promoting and talking about it. So when I started, nobody was talking about it because it was brand new. Now right. that we've gone you know, 10 years, it's a lot more understanding about it. So I don't get a lot of negativity around it now. I get more positive around it now.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I know that you were in a national magazine, Chatelaine magazine. Yeah. Tell me about that. How did that happen? Did you seek it out?
1: Yeah. So that happened, oh gosh, 2000, 2010, actually. That was okay. 20, 2010, 20, 2011. And it was all about part about that education around pole dancing uh, because it was starting to come into, come into the mainstream and uh, a friend of mine wrote for chatelaine and wanted to talk about um, different ways to get fit get fit and she's asked me she was can i feature your story because my story was i was not very happy was feeling isolated i felt overweight i felt old for 31. Mm. (laughs) now i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) old for 31 (laughs) that's that's crazy uh so it was about that story about stepping out of your comfort zone trying something different finding a sport that you love and transforming yourself so i it's it's on the it's on the internet it is still it's still out there stuff so, mm-hmm.
0: so I didn't realize that you can get a pole put it up and then take it down again is that is it expensive to get a pole for your own home
1: oh no it's really affordable now okay <laughs> when I started it wasn't oh. and that was because it was a new sport so my pole was about seven eight hundred dollars oh it was a Christmas gift it was the Christmas gift <laughs> <laughs> But now, because this sport's been been around for, for over 10 years, uh, there's a company called X-Pole, and they have created affordable polls. So they're not that price anymore and they're still excellent, high quality polls. So yes, you can put it up and take it down and X-Pole has very safe polls. So it's not like those videos you see on YouTube of the, of the fails. People falling off poles. It's not like that at all. Expo has the best poles for home polling. So, yeah, so I would put it up and take it down.
0: So does it have a tripod base or what, what supports it and keeps it up there?
1: Mine was a pressure mount, but mine was a very, um, mechanic, like it was really mechanically driven. Like, so it was, was, um, designed specifically for, for, um, for home use. And what it would do is when you put it up, you would find your ceiling beam okay. and so it would push like a car jack into a ceiling see. beam. If that ceiling beam wasn't there, it would pop right through my ceiling. Oh, yeah. So you always make sure there's a ceiling beam there. Now, uh, there are poles that you can have for home that you drill into the ceiling and the floor. Oh, okay. Yeah. The only reason why I would put mine up and take it down is because I was running a home daycare.
0: Oh, okay.
1: When the children went home, I put my pole up and I would take it down.
0: (laughs) Well, let's talk about the feedback from your husband. How did he react to this?
1: Well, (laughs) so a lot of husbands are like, yay. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Show me what you can do. Show me what you can do. But here's the thing. 80, 80, 90% of women who take pole are doing it for themselves.
0: Okay. So
1: they're not doing it to show to their husbands like they may show their husbands but majority of them are doing it for themselves so he he like bless his heart he thought i was going to be pole dancing for him putting on a show but no i was putting the pole up so i can train and i can practice now it was his idea for me to open up a pole dancing studio because he is an entrepreneur and he saw how much i loved it and how much i enjoyed it And that is, was, was his encouragement being an entrepreneur. And it was, it was the best push ever completely changed my life. And so I'm glad that he um, gave me that encouragement.
0: So let's talk about getting that established. How long uh, did it take for you to establish an actual studio and a business between the time that you decided to do it and it actually happened?
1: So the whole process was about, I would say about six months. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the holdup was, I was turned down 10 times in Oakville to, um, to, 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 for, for, for rental space, commercial rental space. I was turned down 10 different times. And the reason was because they didn't understand what it was I was trying to do. Even though I was saying I'm running, I'm a pole dancing for fitness business. I faced a lot of criticism, um, stereotype, uh, judgment, and yeah, it wasn't fun, Um, but I ended up finding this beautiful space. It is wonderful. I'm very happy I've been here. Now we're going into our 10th anniversary, and the only reason why I was able to get this space is my landlord um, didn't understand that I was saying pole dancing for fitness. He thought I was saying ballroom dancing for fitness. (laughs) oh (laughs) we had a bit of a language barrier and he was a ballroom dance champion ballroom dancer back in his country so he was really excited but when the polls went up uh, he was quite confused and he did not think I would last he actually suggested that we change the lease agreement for a year instead of five years and now we're heading into our 10th anniversary and he loves us he loves us so yeah I did I did get a little bit some barriers opening up the studio but we Uh. made it through
0: did you have any fear when you decided to do that?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I'm, I'm a, My background is early childhood education. Uh-huh. I were, I was an employee. I, I taught for Sheridan College at night. I was supposed to always be an employee. So when you make the shift to entrepreneurialism, it is scary. It's a really frightening thing. But it has been the most wonderful experience I've had in my whole life, and sometimes you gotta just face the fear and go for it.
0: So, how do you find new clients?
1: We um, let's see. Um, our number one way is through word of mouth and referrals. When you run uh, excellent business, quality quality classes, you have a great relationship with your students. People want you to do well so they will share they'll tell their friends so that's the number one way that we have built our studio Um, number two is through social media I love Facebook I love YouTube and Instagram and we have more of a teaching approach with YouTube and Instagram so I'm sharing my knowledge I'm sharing my experiences and that attracts so it's very much attraction marketing
0: Well, I can imagine that on YouTube and Instagram, it would make a lot of sense for you, yeah, yeah, put images and videos. So, do you shoot videos on a regular basis then?
1: We do, yes, yes. So, uh, I have, I think, I have shot over two hundred videos in total in the past two years. That's only two years.
0: (laughs) And where can we find those videos, Jane? Um,
1: on YouTube, uh, Pulfit Nation on YouTube and pulpit nation on Instagram. Uh, Instagram is more short clips because that's what Instagram is sure, short of, clips of, of moves. Uh, YouTube is more tutorial based. So this longer clips, um, longer instruction. And I share my knowledge. Like I fully believe, um, that sharing knowledge is the way to be. Um, if you hold your knowledge in that's very scarcity mindset, sharing your knowledge is abundance.
0: Jane, who's the most surprising person who came to your class to learn pole dancing?
1: My okay, my most most surprising person is this lovely lady. Uh, she's been with me since the very day day I opened. And she's just uh, amazing, absolutely amazing, one of our great biggest supporters. But when you see her, you wouldn't think that she take pole dancing. So she's about four, she's she's around five feet. She's a shorter lady. She is older in her age, and um, she breaks the stereotype that pole dancing is for tiny, tall, young women. She totally breaks that stereotype, and she loves it, and she's been with us since the day we opened
0: Well, my mother-in-law was a very fit lady and she went to exercise class all the time. She was a relatively small lady, but strong Mm -hmm. and fit. And she'd get out and she'd walk and she could walk so quickly, you know, and she was just one of those people that was on top of it all. I I think, wow, she may really have done well with this. She
1: would have loved it. Absolutely, absolutely would would have loved Paul Uh, because that's what it is. Like when you are excited about life, when you enjoy moving your body, when you like a challenge, that's all the ingredients of taking a pole dancing lesson. And when you have an open mindset, um, then it just yeah, that, that's what I that's would be my most favorite student um, would be that kind of person. So she would have loved it.
0: I'm sure she would. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've worked in bullying prevention for some time, and I want to ask you a question, Jane, about that. If okay. you have ever experienced a, a situation with bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference.
1: Absolutely. And this, is a, this incident happened in 2014, and it was actually about the studio. It involved the studio and myself, uh-huh. in which um, I was protested for a week. Oh, yes. So this lady had driven by the studio and she, you know, looked through the windows. We weren't open at the time and she saw a room full of brass poles. Uh-huh. And we have classes. We close the blinds, but during the daytime, the blinds are open. So you can see inside. And there was a poster of me on the window. i um, holding the pole. It's one of our, our marketing, um, looking happy and smiley. And um, she was, deeply offended and it triggered her. It actually triggered a, a negative memory she had when she was younger. So in her in her youth, she um, unfortunately had a terrible childhood in which she was living on the street, became a prostitute and beca- was a stripper. And seeing the studio and me on the pole triggered it. So okay. she felt she needed to have the studio shut down.
0: That mm-hmm.
1: it wasn't okay that what I was doing was wrong. And she was very upset with it. So first she started, went on Facebook and in Mm -hmm. Oakville, there is a Facebook group about Oakville that has about 8,000 members on it. And that's where she started. So she posted that she needed people to band together to shut down the pole dancing studio. And that what I was doing was wrong. And I was teaching women to become prostitutes. Okay. So she projected, she projected what what was happening with her. And um, i was I was mindful enough to realize what was happening. Okay. That we I had a situation where I had somebody who was not healthy and happy. And if I were to attack her back, it would make things worse. Sure. Yeah. so I just I stood up and I just spoke about what the studio was about, but more of an education point of view. Mm-hmm. And this is what it was about. And then I didn't respond back after that. Well, because there's eight thousand members involved, People jumped on and it it went on for like three days of Mm -hmm. online shaming towards her because she's attacking. So people want to fight back. Right. So there was a lot of, I had to tell all my students, do not participate, do not get involved, leave it be. Because if we, if we, we don't want to feed the beast we right. don't want to feed the social media beast so yes. my students were very were wonderful about it and it faded away it faded away so we didn't participate um we we stood back from it so then <laughs> after it all calmed down she decided to stand in front of my business with oh. a sign in saying um prostitution is wrong oh wow yes and it, she was. We arrive around 9 a.m. and would leave around 4 p.m.
0: And spend the whole day there in front of your studio.
1: Yes. And the police arrived the first day and they talked to me about it. And in, in Canada, we have the Charter of Rights.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: she was fully allowed to do that, to stand on public space in front of my business to promote um, her agenda about prostitution is wrong. And I totally agree, prostitution is wrong. Um, but I'm not, that's not what we're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. Whenever people would walk by, she would tell um, stuff about me to these people. She would slander. She would say negative things. So the police on the very first day pulled me aside and said, you have a choice on how you want to handle this. You can either attack back, which will make things worse, or you can ignore. And we highly recommend you ignore. And so... I also spoke to one of our local MPs, a member of parliaments, because we all know politicians get <laughs> protested quite a bit. Yep. And he, he advised the same thing. He goes, don't engage, don't participate. Don't even look at her when she arrives, go home. And that's what I did every single day. If I didn't have to be, and if she chose to protest against me during the first week of July, which was the hottest week of the summer. So I, I went home every single day. When she arrived, I'd, I would say, see you later, get in the car and go home and hang out with my kids. And she would stand out in front. So I didn't really, I didn't want to hear what she said about me. I didn't want to know. I just knew eventually she would move on. And in fact, by the end of the end of the week, she called me up on the phone, left a voice message saying that her work is done. My apologies for causing any hardship, any pain. Um, I, I need to move on now. So I'm actually very proud of how I handled that. I was being bullied, but I chose a different path of how to handle it. Instead of fighting back, I chose peace and not to engage.
0: Well, that is interesting that she phoned you and apologized. Yeah. I'm very surprised to hear that part.
1: Yeah, I know. I was shocked too. <laughs> I was I was doing my hair and makeup. <laughs> and so I'm actually really glad I didn't answer the phone. I'm glad I went to voicemail.
0: <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. Well, as we move forward toward the end of the interview, Jane, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. Okay. So just super short answers are, are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has caused you to learn about mindfulness and has sort of influenced you in the mindfulness area?
1: My father? My father. Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh.
0: And how has mindfulness affected your emotions?
1: No, see, I have an anxiety disorder oh. and being mindful has helped me calm my anxiety disorder down and I'm uh, very different now with it. Like I, it's something I, every single day I'm aware. So I can, if I feel the anxiety disorder coming through, if I'm feeling anxious, I can, I understand the physiological response, my body response. So I'm able to work through the steps to calm myself down to do my, the cognitive therapy to calm myself down.
0: Right. Wow. Um, That's impressive. How has breathing been affected as a result of your mindfulness practice?
1: So I've know two different ways of breathing. Uh-huh. And so we have like through the regular way, but regular way of breathing, but then we also have our diaphragm breathing.. Okay. And um, because I've been working on my public speaking, I've learned how to speak in an effective way. And breathe effectively so that I'm not holding my breath and then talking a lot and running out of air. So it's interesting that you would ask that because I've been working um, for the past few months on improving my breathing when I speak.
0: Mm, Very interesting. And can you recommend a book which is related to mindfulness?
1: I can. Actually, yes. It's on my phone. And that's because I am a fan of Audible. Oh, I yes. love audiobooks, and I will pull it up. Here it is. Here, it's called "The Little Book of Mindfulness: Ten Minutes a Day to Less Stress and More Peace," and it's by Doctor Patricia Collard. I'm just oh. going to pull it up and show it. Ah, you won't be able to see it, um, but it's 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 an audible book. And because I, I love audiobooks
0: mm-hmm. and, you know, so do I
1: and I, I' you know put in the earbuds and I can move about my house doing stuff and listen to it in the car so so I'm not more of a book reader I'm a book listener
0: excellent can you recommend an app then which helps with mindfulness
1: yes I listen to this is a meditative app I'm gonna play, it's called calm mm-hmm. and I've only I've had it now for about three months mm-hmm. and it, talks it takes you through guided meditation and i'll listen to it in my at night before i fall asleep and uh it's really cool it has some it's some really awesome um like games that you can play and it has books like stories and calming stories in it as well so it's called excuse me it's called calm
0: okay so very good so then you do meditate on a regular basis from the sounds of it is that right
1: i would say so yes yes yeah,
0: yeah very cool well you know, it's been really fascinating talking with you, Jane. How can we learn more about what you do and and more about your studio and everything? Okay.
1: Well, there's two different ways. Uh, in very soon, and I, probably when this is launched, um, this this podcast is launched, we will be already launched. So I will have be having a podcast, and that is coming out in January 2018.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's called Reclaim Your Spark. I'm excited for that podcast.
1: So we're working away with that. And the, the premise of the podcast is to teach uh, the, every lesson that I've learned from the past 10 years on reclaiming your spark and rocking your world. And that will be a podcast coming out soon. And then I'm also here in my studio in Oakville, and you can find that through pullfitnation.com. So pullfitnation.com or janewilson.com or feel sexy from the inside out.
0: Very good. And I'll put all of that into our show notes. I want to thank you so much for sharing with us today. It's been really interesting because I have never talked with a pole dancer before. And I met you at the Archangel event in Toronto and ended up, I think, sitting right beside you. And I was fascinated with what you do. So thank you.
1: It's a lot of fun. There's not a, you know, I would say, you know, like 10, 15 years ago, what I do, what I do for a living teaching pole dancing for fitness didn't exist. No. So it, it's it's an interesting um, career to to be a part of. I love it. And I am honored to help so many women.
0: And I can tell you love it because it comes across in your voice. You're passionate about it. And what a great gift to have a career that you're passionate about, isn't it, oh, Jane?
1: That's, that's, that's the name of the game and enjoying life.
0: <laughs> it really is. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jane.
1: Thank you very much. All the best. Bye. Cheers. Yeah.
0: Bye now mindful tribe i hope you enjoyed today's interview if you did please subscribe and leave a comment on the bottom of the episode on my website like maria did i mentioned hers at the beginning of the show as you'll remember that's mindfulnessmode.com where you can leave a comment i will mention you on an upcoming episode remember Subscribing and sharing really helps to keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.